welcome in to the Cover 5 podcast. I am your host, Jordan Vanek, at Jordan Vanek DFS on Twitter. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Hilo FF on Twitter, Mark Garcia in real life. How are you doing today, Hilo? What's up, man? I'm doing great. I have a screaming baby, so hopefully that doesn't come through, but uh, doing great, man. Enjoying, enjoying life. We're in that weird, you know, two to three week period where content isn't flowing as great, but we are still best balling. We are still preparing for this upcoming season. In today's episode, we will be battling for receivers that are in a similar range of ADP. Over on Underdog, we took four receivers from that wide receiver three range of guys, and we're going to be battling against each other. And to kick it off, we're going to be going Tyler Lockett versus Jackson Smith, the Jigba. Kicking it off to you, Hilo, who do you have and why? I have Tyler Lockett. And look, I'll preface this with, I get it. JSN is a boss. He is going to contribute. He's going to have a great NFL career. But on the other hand, the extent to which Tyler Lockett is just being left for dead in fantasy drafts right now is startling. I mean, look at his ADP. He's going, he's going wide receiver 32 back to back with JSN. And let's look at his, let's just look at some recent production from Tyler Lockett. He has finished over the past five seasons, wide receiver 23, 22, 12, 17, and 16. He has missed a grand total of two NFL games since 2015, which is plus he has scored eight or more touchdowns in each of the last five seasons with a tight range of eight to 10 touchdowns uh, in each of those five seasons. And he's coming off three or sorry, four consecutive thousand yard seasons. So this is a guy who's going basically below his median projection already and brings you that spike week potential for single season when we're talking about best ball or for single week, sorry. Um, when we're talking about best ball, he still brings you that. And we expect Seattle to score. We accept them to be, expect them to be passing, which all goes into both of these wide receivers. But Tyler Lockett is a guy that is just, he provides so much leverage right now because he's being drafted already below median projection. And now you get all this additional spike week potential. And I'm not sure if it's just being heavily weighed on the fact that Seattle has not been this pass first offense historically, but if we look at their tendencies, we can expect them to probably see a slight uptick in pass rate and pass volume to where it's not like JSN's targets are coming straight from Tyler Lockett. I completely agree with the fact that I think that they have that uptick in targets. What the problem with me and Tyler Lockett is the age is another year. He hasn't missed games, but he has an extensive injury history. But that's not really the main factors towards he's not going to get the slot. Like, I think JSN, again, guy that was prolific in the slot in college. But more importantly, it was that intellectual side of him. I think the NFL game isn't going to be as fast paced as it is for some rookies who haven't seen the sort of coverages or the schemes that, you know, other team or other receivers might struggle with early on. Because when you watch JSN's college tape, you see a guy that understands the depth of linebackers. You see a guy that knows the soft spot in zones. Brian Hartline in recent years has produced Garrett Wilson, has produced Chris Olave, now has JSN to be the next guy that is coming up. Oh, Terry McLaurin as well. Brian Hartline's a wide receivers coach at Ohio State, recently promoted to the offensive coordinator and someone who played in the NFL for quite some time. And he gets all these guys NFL ready. 
And the one thing I'll add on to about the Seattle expected pass rate at last season, if you go from week three to week 18 and whether it was games, they won, whether it was games, you know, they lost. If you take that and you're like, all right, what is Geno Smith? How many attempts does he have? It's 584. So after week two, it looks like they bought into being more pass happy, which is something that I liked. And the difference between this year and this uh, past year they're going to go in three wide receiver sets much more frequently. And this is where Shane Waldron comes in and something that I am very into JSN because of. Geno Smith has 434 attempts with three wide receiver set, uh, sets since he's come over to Seattle. 46% of those passing attempts have gone to the slot. JSN is probably going to be the main slot receiver in that role. So I think he's going to be getting a lot of those targets, which is a lot of consistency at that position. I do concede that Tyler Lockett will probably have more boom weeks because he's going to have a lot of down the field targets from, you know, freeing up DK Metcalf and JSN. And once JSN gets his footing, it's probably going to open the door for Lockett to see more one-on-one coverage than he has had in his entire career. And then on top of it, 57% of Geno Smith's targets to the slot have been on routes four to six. Why is this important? Because JSN, that was his best route tree. That consisted of 51% of his routes at the collegiate level. He averaged over three yards per route run on all of them. And your four route is your uh, hook route, basically, just finding that soft spot and sitting in the zone. Your five route is your out route. And then your six route is your basically deep crosser. JSN is going to kill the league on crossers. He's going to kill those linebackers out of the middle of the field. And Seattle needs to go to a three wide receiver set if they want to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Because they usually like to go three safeties and they've been playing into their hand when they go to 12 personnel. But as far as Lockett versus JSN to tie it all together, I see JSN actually being the leader in targets to end the season. I see JSN being the guy that's, he's going to be the consistent approach on the offense. He's going to be moving the chains a lot. And the more that he does that, it's just going to free up DK and Tyler Lockett on the outside. Give it back to you. Yeah, so... A lot of people have this misnomer about Tyler Lockyer, this misconception that he is only a slot guy and he excels the most in the slot. Look at his past four seasons. 2019, 60% slot snap rate. 2020, 54.4% snap rate or slot snap rate. Now Mm -hmm. you get to the previous two seasons in 2021 and 2022. 2021, he was only in the slot 27.8%. 2022, 24.4%. So this is a guy who's very likely to play that like hybrid Z type wide receiver role for um, a, an offense that we can expect to be passing downfield. You look at his deep targets and his a dot last season, 11.1 a dot, which ranked 47. So that ticked down a bit, but the previous season, 2021, 13.6 a dot ranked seventh deep targets, 2021, he had 30 of them that ranked third in the league. 2022, he had 21 of them that ranked 21st in the league. So just the consistent production and opportunity that Tyler Lockett is seeing in valuable targets that are being primarily intermediate to deep downfield and a misconception regarding his role where it has transitioned yeah. to over the previous two seasons. I just see that the, the, the range of outcomes that does not properly match his ADP currently. No, I do believe that both of these guys are a value. I think DK is the one that is technically getting overdrafted, in my opinion, because I think his target yeah. share is going to decrease with JSN and how teams will, you know, 
they have to make him the center of attention out of the three pass catchers, and it's going to allow a lot of layup throws. The one thing that I will add for this upcoming year with Seattle is their offensive coordinator comes over from the Rams. He has the blueprint of what Sean McVay and company did for the rookie Cooper Cup, for the veteran Robert Woods, for what Brandon Cooks was doing. All three of those guys have a little bit of what JSN has in his game. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, I usually worry about rookie receivers that get a coach that they've never coached that exact talent yet. For example, the Chargers with Quentin Johnson. Kelmore hasn't exactly coached a Quentin Johnson level receiver. I'm very intrigued to see what he does with it. I've seen him coach, you know, the down the field guy, the bigger bodied receiver with uh, Michael Gallup to Mike Williams. Obviously, the savvy route runner and Keenan Allen. Similarly to what they were doing with C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb's probably a bit more athletic at this point in their careers, but regardless, it's the same there. But for Shane Waldron, he has a receiver that matches exactly what system worked in Los Angeles. And yes, Tyler Lockett will probably benefit from that as well. But I just see JSN out targeting Lockett, especially on that safer type of throws. And we're, you know... If we're banking on which would we rather have, I would rather have the volume over the boom weeks, I guess, of Tower Lockett. So you have anything else you'd like to add there? Nope. Got it. So tell us who you think won that one between JSN on my side or Tower Lockett over with Hilo. Obviously and, Lockett. Oh, of course. But moving <laughs> forward to our next one, Chris Godwin versus Jordan Addison. And it seems like I'm just taking the rookie receivers here. I... I these are two guys that I actually really loved coming out of college. These were the guys that I had as my number one, number two throughout the process. It did flip-flop with Jordan Addison showing up the way that he did. But however, the landing spot couldn't have been better. He's in an offense that's going to throw the ball over 600 times. They're going to give up a ton of points because of the fact that Brian Flores is their defensive coordinator. And that's just the philosophy that he plays with. They play in a dome, which is fantastic. They have a lot of dome games to end the year, and he doesn't have to operate as the number one receiver in this offense. He's going to be opposite to what I have with Tyler Lockett or for uh, JSN. He's going to get a lot of down the field stuff. Thielen ran the second most routes, I guess, in the NFL this past season, and everybody kind of points to that. But more importantly, the route tree he was given 32% of his routes were seven to nine routes, which is your post mm -hmm. corner or go. That's it, the exact route tree that I want Jordan Addison to have. So it's okay. They're going to take Adam Thielen's role in this offense, which he hated. He had publicly came out and said he didn't really like his role in Minnesota. And now they're giving it to Jordan Addison, who is much better in this role. And with the way that they use Hawkinson to end the year, teams and safeties have to be eyeing that. They have to be doubling Jefferson. So Jordan Addison's going to work frequently one-on-one. -on -one. And for me, with Chris Godwin, I watched a lot of Baker Mayfield <laughs> with my Carolina Panthers. I So you know how good he is. There wasn't a single positive <laughs> to say. And it was when Sam Darnold came in and how good DJ Moore became, I was terrified. I just, I can't buy into anything going on in Tampa Bay. And it sucks because I do love the offensive coordinator that they brought in who was under Shane Waldron in Seattle and has been in Seattle for quite some time. I'm hoping he learned from Shane instead of uh, Schottenheimer over there because uh, that would be a poor, poor way to go about things. So tell me why you let have Chris Godwin over Mr. Jordan Addison. The blatant disrespect 
of Chris Godwin and Mike <laughs> Evans. I don't care if I were out there throwing them the football. <laughs> Those two guys have the talent and the skill level to win where it matters at the NFL game. It has been proven over the previous five seasons with three different quarterbacks. And now they get either Trask, who is an unproven second, third year guy or uh, journeyman Baker Mayfield. It doesn't matter <laughs> because these guys, Chris Godwin is a wide receiver who can win within the first five yards of the line of scrimmage. And Mike Evans is a guy who can high point the football and win over corners uh, we'll call them diminutive corners and diminutive safeties. These guys are not the six foot four that Mike Evans is these guys. So whether the fact, or I guess the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter because these guys do things on the football field that make it easy on their quarterback. We know Baker Mayfield is not afraid to throw into coverage. We have seen this. So Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Mike, they, they give Baker basically an out so to speak they are godwin is able to win within the first five yards of the line of scrimmage and and baker can at least see that through his first and second read which they're never going to fall below basically mike evans he doesn't really necessarily have to win in the first five yards of the line of scrimmage he can basically high point body and and bring down the football in traffic he has made a career of it anyway jumping back to chris godwin this is a wide receiver who has finished 15th or better in fantasy points per game over the previous four seasons, every single season. He has played 15 games, 14 games, 12 games, and 14 games. So we know that he's probably not going to play a full season, but that is more than baked into his current wide receiver 29 valuation. The field is overreacting to the fact that Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask is going to be this guy's starting quarterback. But where the quarterback play is going to be basically a drop-off, they make up for it through the fact of what they are and what they do on a football field. So I'm just going to continue to gobble up these two guys on the way down because they are probably, their likeliest ADP movement is going to be down. It's not going, they're not going to jump in ADP. So there's theoretical components of like, I can get my exposure to these guys probably later at a discount, but I'm just going to keep drafting them on the way down because these are proven NFL veterans that know how to win on the football field where it matters. You see proven NFL veterans knowing how to win. I see Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield quarterback and just the frustration i had watching those guys interact granted it seems like odell and baker didn't have the best relationships which yeah. plays a huge factor into you know being great on the football field you playing with people you don't like is not exactly going to be the best mentality i do not have any questions about chris godwin's talent and mike evans talent they are definitely one of the best duos in our game i don't consider them the top duo because of you know they've been hurt a lot and it's getting to that, you know, back end style of their career. The problem becomes is like, if Baker is a starter, I just have zero confidence in a guy that, again, he played 15 games last year. He had some injuries, obviously. He didn't play the full season. He got a thousand yards and three touchdowns. He's never been a guy that score a ton of touchdowns. He's been a guy that has depended on uh, significant volume and not that anybody's really a threat to take his volume away. It's just 
Baker Mayfield as a quarterback is a threatening to make it so you're not an offense as frequently as what Tom Brady was providing over those years. And then previously with Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston, like, I love that. I love that idea of we're going to push the ball down the field. We're going to get these guys in, you know, their yards per reception during that era is 15, 14, like a much higher one than this past year's 9.8. Chris Godwin is still one of the most talented guys in the league. I'm just not going to buy in at right now over a guy that I think is in a better situation with a better quarterback and probably going to see similar uh, volume from a whole season perspective. And it's going to just be much deeper down the field. Like I have Jordan Addison kind of penciled in for a similar year to what Calvin uh, Ridley's rookie year was, because I see that type of impact to this team where he can play the second fiddle to the Julio Jones, which is similar to Justin Jefferson getting majority of the targets. And with that, I think he gets them by a few hundred yards. He probably doesn't out reception him because obviously his targets are going to be further down the field than Chris Godwin. And just overall, the Vikings dome games, just the way that things are going to play. Because Todd Bowles, I think with a rookie off, a guy that's never called plays before, Todd Bowles might be like, hey, I'm a defensive guy. We're going to slow things down and make it so we're not on defense as long as we are. Because I want Vita Vea fully refreshed and out there (laughs) just demolishing people on that side of the ball. Do you have anything else to add to the Chris Godwin versus Jordan Addison debate? Yeah, so I like Addison. Well, I'll I'll close with that. I like Addison. I would take Addison. I have him ranked over Mike Evans. I would take him over that. But I view Chris Godwin as the primary target earner on the offense for the Bucks this year. Um, And I'm just I'm I can't sleep at night if I take Addison (laughs) over Godwin. So last one, last question I'll throw out here that wasn't on the show sheet, just because I'm looking at it and I was like, huh, Brandon Ayuk. Do you, mm-hmm. how do you feel? Cause again, best ball from a best ball perspective, how do you feel about Brandon IU considering he's extremely easy to stack? You just don't know who the heck's playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And he's extremely easy to correlate for week 17 as well with Washington. Yes. I, I am forcing Ayuk because my brain is telling me that I need exposure. My heart does not want to click his name over some of these guys like that we've yeah. discussed in Tyler Lockett and Chris Godwin. Uh, yep. But I know that I need exposure, so I am kind of forcing the issue a bit. Because I've seen, I mean, again, media, I, I don't buy deep into the camp reports because it just doesn't, what's the word I want to use here? Doesn't matter. I, Doesn't mean I watch, anything. <laughs> it just—it simply does not really mean much to me. Um, but I have been watching a lot of Miami's offense, Green Bay's offense, and 49ers offense from a from a film perspective. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Ayuk is that man. I I wish he was in an offense that threw thirty times, like thirty five yeah. times a game, because like on hundred and fourteen targets last year, he went for over a thousand yards. Yeah, <laughs> like it's impressive. That is dude is uh, hashtag good. Yeah, no, I, I wish that New, the New York Giants were able to make a move for him, even pairing him with, you know, a quarterback that I don't see as an upper echelon guy, just in an offense that I know wants to throw the ball uh, would have been a nice little fit. But I don't think yeah. he's leaving San Francisco because they they know the talent that he is and they know when they need a big play that he'll get it going. But that is all we have for you for the Cover 5 show. Ilo, thank you so much for joining and debating me on some of these receivers 
next week we will try to figure out what we're going to be doing as we inch closer to that NFL season. Hopefully, you know, DeAndre Hopkins signs or maybe Dalvin Cook signs and we can discuss some of those ADPs because I've seen D-Hop shoot up tremendously and I don't understand why, but that's nor here nor there. I'll let him sign and then be able to debate why that was a bad move from his ADP perspective. Hilo, do you have anything else to add before we head out? Yeah, sorry I kicked your ass today, dude. Dude, you get it you next know, time. You were a loser <laughs> last week. You kicked my butt this time. It's okay. That is all we have. As always, this uh, podcast is presented by the 33rd team. Be sure to check out everything we have going on in the 33rd team podcast network. It's on Spotify, it's on Apple, it's everywhere. Just type it in the search engine and you will find it. And that is all we have from the cover five.